And welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I'm Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. There she is getting more wonderful day by day. I'm going to turn up your mic a little bit. We're a little low. Say hello again. Hello, hello. Oh, there she is coming through loud and clear. So we're coming back to you with another episode. I have completely lost count. Um, if you're keeping track, 50, 50? I don't even know. So, uh, we're back with another episode. We don't even have a number for this one. Um, I'm sure it's important. It's in there somewhere. You can look it up. Um, so, uh, really we're uh, going to talk generally a little bit more, um, less, I don't want to say less biblical because that is generally what we wind up talking about specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but really talking about some current news, some things that I'd read this week and saw and how they apply to scripture. So one of the things that I has, had seen earlier this week, I believe it was on Monday, I've been working a lot, and occasionally I would get a chance to check the news. And so this week in the news, I, I saw this thing called the Gotimai, God, if I'm not saying that correct, I apologize to anyone who um, follows this, yes, or follows this. Um, this week was the Gotimai Hindu Festival. It's the um, world's largest animal sacrifice, the, the world's largest animal sacrifice that is still currently um, occurring. So from the things that I read about this, because this is the first time I've heard of this festival, apparently it's been around for a long time, um, and they have slaughtered, um, they slaughter animals to this Gotimai, which is their goddess or god, I don't know. Um, but at the height of the festival, um, they were killing about 500,000 buffaloes, goats, pigeons, uh, ducks, uh, chickens, animals. They were just killing them. Um, there were some protests, um, since then, since 2009, and the uh, animal sacrifices have decreased. And so the reason this caught my interest was, uh, I believe the, um, in 2014, there were 30,000 that were um, uh, sacrificed. And this year, it said, uh, the article I read said there were 200 uh, sacrificial priests, and there were 3,500 animals sacrificed. Um, so I think the interesting point here to me, and that maybe we can get off on a little rabbit trail here on this podcast really is, um, more along the lines of sacrifice and what does that really mean? And does that even matter? Um, so really what I'd asked Natasha when I was talking about this earlier was if we were following a religion where we had to sacrifice an animal, um, would we expect something to occur due to the sacrifice? Well, usually, and when you do something, you expect a consequence right. or to get something in return or an outcome. So apparently um, in this festival, they sacrifice these animals because they're looking for prosperity. Um, they believe if they sacrifice animals and it's, it's shedding of blood that the um, god or goddess, God am I, um, um, gets kind of a nasty taste in my mouth, but um, anyway, um, would bless them and um, keep society from being um, suffering and depression and just prosperity. It's going to give them prosperity. So this, again, the question is, is, um, so at the height of this festival in 2009, the record is 500,000 animals. Um, I'd read that India had, uh, they've banned this, but they're continuing to do it anyway. Um, they were actually asking farmers this year to sell your animals. We've, we've got a shortage of animals to chop their heads off. And there are videos online. I watched a video, uh, it's disturbing. Um, they're, they're these guys and they have huge wielding knives and they are just hacking the heads off. I think when you cut the head off of anything, it's rather It's pretty disturbing, but the, the images are, it's an open field and there's just headless cows everywhere. 
They're just laying on the ground. Um, so if they don't get their heads chopped off, I don't want this to be gruesome in your mind when I'm talking about it. If they don't get their heads chopped off the first time, they sit there and chop it off and chop it off until it's done. Um, there was an image, a video of uh, one uh, animal sitting there just writhing on the ground. You know, its head had been cut off, but its body's still kicking from the nerve impulses and the things like that. And so it's a, it's a very bloody, it's been a very bloody, I can't imagine 500,000 animals being killed um, at one time in one place. It just seems really crazy to us. So when we read about the sacrifices in the Bible, we kind of, um, we disassociate ourselves from what it really was. Um, God had a specific way that he wanted animals sacrificed, a way that he thought was humane. Um, we talked about, um, that you weren't there. What was it? Uh, Paul, uh, saying don't eat animals that have been strangled. Right. Right. So there was this idea that you're supposed to do some things, uh, when you offer sacrifices to God, our God, or when they did, um, they had to do it in a humane fashion. They weren't supposed to, uh, drown it or boil it in its own calf's milk or boil the calf in its mother's milk. That's what it was. So there was all these uh, different um, qualifications. An animal had to be spotless and clean and pure and all that to, um, to be a sacrifice for God. Um, and it was all a, a replacement for our sin. It was a stand-in for the sin of those people. Um, but to us, the sacrifice is no more. The scripture says that Christ was once and for all the final sacrifice for sin. So we don't have to do sacrifices for sins. We also, in the same regard, don't have to do sacrifices for prosperity. Um, I know, uh, Lord... If this was a thing, just, could you imagine the preachers in America that preach prosperity? Could you imagine getting up there and be like, well, you got to kill 20 chickens if you really want to get that new car. Um, so, I mean, it's the idea that we, Christ has been the final sacrifice that we need to do an actual, um, thing that was killed. He was the actual person who was killed. That blood was shed to cover all mankind's sin. So we don't have to, uh, offer to our God, anything ridiculous. It's said that, um, back in Israel, um, the, the Valley of, uh, Gehenna, uh, where they, uh, they had the altar of Molech. We talked about that before they would bring down living sacrifices. They would put their babies on the arms. It was a statue that had a uh, furnace in the middle and they would flame it. They would get it flaming hot so that the metal glow, and then they would lay their, their children or they would lay their sacrifice on the arms of this thing and it would burn them. It would burn them up. Um, and so there was, they, they did that child sacrifice there. Um, I, I read, man, some of the largest, uh, tombs that they're finding are in North China, um, just these huge fields of people who were just look like they've been butchered. I mean, they've been butchered and killed in all kinds of weird rituals and sacrifices to these gods. And, um, look at the minds. I'm just throwing out some examples because I really want to get to my point, but I want everybody to consider this. The minds did human sacrifice to appease, to appease the gods. There were many, uh, different cultures that did human sacrifices to appease the gods. Are the majority of those cultures still here? No. Are they still sacrificing humans? I, I mean, you could, so. you could take American abortion and I'm throwing a hot topic in there and we could look at that as a sacrifice because it really is. You're, you're killing something, uh, a being, uh, a person that has a soul that was created by almighty God. Um, and we're throwing it out. And to us, a lot of people, uh, they, uh, line that up with the offering of Molech where they would offer up their children. And so you could, you kind of look, you could look at that the same way. Um, but the idea that we have people who are going up, a uh, 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 temple or going up to an altar and they're having somebody lay down and they're killing them. I mean, that happened, uh, but it doesn't happen anymore. So the question, here's the real crux of the whole argument of the whole debate that I want to have in this podcast is if that really mattered, 
If you appeased your God through that sacrifice, then would he not have blessed you? Would he not have continued your generations? Would he not have continued your civilization? Would the, would the, the Mayans still be here? Basically, you're saying that they would not have died out. Yes. I'm saying if the God that you serve and the God that you worship and the God that you believe is the, the, the creator of all things, he's the giver of all life. He is the, the one who gives your people prosperity. But you have, to, you have to offer up an animal sacrifice or you have to offer up a human sacrifice. If you do that and you appease his, his desire. Or what you're saying that he requires. Yes. Then should he not, in return, bless you like you believe he will? He should. He should. I mean, that's honest. That's the honest truth. He should. So when we look at this this uh, sacrifice to the God Ima um, of the Hindus, and they're sacrificing all these, they did two hundred. They did five hundred thousand in two thousand nine, and it was for prosperity and blessings. Apparently, um, if you can sacrifice thirty five hundred today, which is a dramatic uh, dr- dramatic reduction of sacrifices, then the sacrifices you did didn't even really matter. Because if the the requirement is that you have to offer up sacrifices, the more the better, the more you're going to be blessed. And you came with five hundred thousand ten years ago, and you come with three thirty five hundred now. Well, I wonder what they're considering blessings. Well, it's prosperity. I'm sure it's it's probably agricultural. It's harvest. It's rains. It's because it, people have always done that. So for the longest time, people think that the uh, the gods would bless their nation with rain if they did certain sacrifices, if they offered up certain fruits or vegetables or whatever it is. They would think they would offer up these things to the sky, the spirits, and all that, and they would be blessed. Um, and so the real question for me is, is these cultures like the Mayans and some of these other ancient Greek cultures and um, that offered up human sacrifices, if they were correct in what they were doing, they would still be here. That God, this is the one thing you learn about the Greek gods, right? Very um, selfish, very selfish beings. They're very selfish. Narcissist. Yes. They want a lot of attention. Look at me. Look what I can do. I mean, it's, they're very attention getting. That's what the whole the whole lexicon of Greek gods wants. And if it's true, if they were real and they were still here, would they not still want the same thing? Would they not still want the attention that they always thought they had? Um, my point is, is all these false and pagan gods that we create unto ourselves are not doing a single thing for us. There was a, there was a prophet, prophet Elijah, you know, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the story of Elijah and where he faced off against the, the prophets of Baal. So these, these, uh, prophets of Baal came out, I believe it was close to 500 men. And they, um, uh, they put out a, uh, a, a, sorry, put out an altar and they had a challenge and there was a challenge. We're going to call down fire from heaven. If your God is real, you will be able to call down fire from heaven. I mean, it seems like a pretty reasonable thing. You, you claim to serve an almighty God. So there's 500 of him, 400 of them. And there's one of Elijah. And the scripture says that they covered, they danced around and they screamed and hollered and they carried on and they cut their flesh. And, um, they did all these ridiculous things to try and get their God to acknowledge them and to drop fire from heaven. And it didn't occur. Um, then the Bible says that Elijah went and had his, he had a trench dug around his altar and he had water, just water continually. I mean, just poured all over this thing. He saturated the altar, the ground, the dirt and everything around it. Um, and then he prayed down fire from heaven. Oh God of Israel, let it be known today that you're God. And I pray that you'll answer. And the scripture says that the fire fell and it, it just consumed, it consumed the altar. It consumed the dirt. It consumed the water. It consumed everything. Um, it's been said that the God that we serve, um, John Lennon, I believe of the Beatles back in the seventies, erroneously 
promoted or proclaimed that God was dead. Oh, it's over with. God's done. He's not real. He, he honestly said that the Beatles were bigger than God and that the Beatles would be greater than God in their career. Uh, I guarantee you one of those people's dead. That's John Lennon. It's not, mm. not God himself. So the point I'm making is, is if the God that we serve and the God that we follow gives us a list or gives us the, um, the things we need to do um, in order to access him, doesn't it seem like it would benefit us to do that? And if we do what he has said and we do follow what he has said, should we not see his blessing in return? Because it's really, honestly, the, the, this is what we're looking at. There's all these things people are doing in their lives. There's all these sacrifices. These people are making actual physical sacrifices. But we're all building little gods to ourselves. We're all making the God that we want, you know. Well, I don't believe in that. I know it's in the Bible, but that's not what I believe. I don't believe God acts that way. Well, then you don't believe the God of the Bible. This is the truth. If you don't believe the God of the, if you don't believe what the scripture says, if you struggle with any part of the Bible, then you don't fully, completely believe the God who wrote it. So the, 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 the question is, if they're offering these sacrifices and these animals and nothing is happening, why continue to do that? Because that's what they've done. Okay. And if the government can... It's, ste- a, it's a just tradition. Okay. It's tradition. What do we call that? Junk that old dead people left you, right? Tradition stuff that dead people left behind. So my thing is, if the government can step in and say, you need to stop doing this, we're going to ban this, this is not going to happen anymore, and it changes nothing. If their rain still comes, if their crops still grow, if they're still having children and babies, if they're not wiped off the face of the, if it doesn't change anything, then your sacrifices you did all these years were for nothing. You just killed a bunch of innocent animals, didn't really kind of deserve it, um, and it didn't accomplish anything. So what's the difference between what they're doing and what we're doing? The difference is this, that Jesus Christ is the final sacrifice. We, we talked about that. Um, the scripture is a, the Bible is a complete book from Genesis to Revelation. It's not a broken in half story. Um, one half doesn't apply to them and another half apply to us. It just doesn't work like that. The whole thing p- applies to the believer. If you believe the word of God, you, you have to believe Genesis chapter one, all the way to the last verse of Revelation. If you don't believe the very, you can't believe the Bible. If you can't believe the first verse of Genesis in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you can't get over that, that's that's a huge problem for a lot of people. You're not going to believe a lot of the other things that are in there. Um, but it all works together. And so when we look at the scripture, we see where our God had a plan the whole time. And he laid it all out in a process that was not self-serving. It wasn't the idea that it was going to benefit him. It was the idea that it was going to benefit his son. It was the idea that he was going to reconcile man to himself through his son, which was going to be his sacrifice, the final sacrifice for sins. So now as, as believers, we don't have to. We don't have to go out and kill animals. We don't have to build an altar. Um, you know, I think one of the first things Noah did when he got off the ark, the scripture says, is he built an altar immediately um, to worship the Lord. And we don't, we don't build those physical altars with our hands. Those things are built in our heart. Those things are built in our lives. Um, those things are built in the things we allow the Holy Spirit to do in us. That's how we're, we're working and operating with the Lord. The prayers that we offer of the prayers that we, uh, basically send to God, you know, the, the Bible says they arise before the throne of the Lord. Um, so it's really interesting. I just don't, you know, you, uh, the reason it captured my mind was because we're, it's 2019 and you don't, as, as people, we think maybe Americans, especially, we think we're more civilized than that. And we don't think that people around the world are still doing these things. We don't think that people are still offering up sacrifice 
sacrificial animals. Um, there's still some people, and if you didn't know this, there's still some people in Jerusalem who are doing this. There's still some people who are offering up a sacrifice um, around the festivals because they want to rebuild the third temple or they want to rebuild the temple. So they believe they need to offer up this sacrifice to get back on the temple mount and all these things. But, uh, you know, the, the scripture says that God's done all that work for us. God's already laid that out and, and completed it. So we don't have to do that. Um, and it really goes back to if, if, if you never, if you believed in the God of the Bible, um, but you never felt that, and I don't want to use the word felt cause I'm a, you know how I'm about emotions, but if you never noticed the change in your heart and in your life, would you believe that a change had actually occurred? No, no. Would you want to continue to follow after that? Probably not. It would, I think there's that initial, um, interest that people get in religion and there's that initial interest that people get into uh being connected with god well, just right? like with anything when you're initially interested in something you're all about it and then you just kind of fade kinda off fade. yeah it's like there's people who say they're spiritual right so one day they're spiritual and the next day they're not it's just like oh well, I'm, i don't you know i don't subscribe to a specific god i'm spiritual what does that even mean i mean come on but that's the difference. We see the reality. We see the results of Christ in our life and not in mine specifically. Um, and I, I don't, because I don't think we look at it that way. We want, we, I think the Christian's trying to look outward. We're trying to be outward. We're trying to say, Lord, let Christ reign in me so that he can do through me. Not that so Brad Mason can do. Um, not so you can do. It's so that Christ can accomplish these things in us. And so this is what perpetuated, perpetuated, big word, um, Christianity or uh, belief in Yeshua, Jesus, for the last 2,000 years. It's honestly, we don't have um, sacrificial temples. We don't have to kill animals. We don't do any of that stuff. But the word of God continues on. And that's one of the actual prophecies in the Bible, that the word of God would continue on until the end. It's not not one jot or tittle from the law or from this word will pass away until all things are completed. And as it stands right now, all things are not completed. Um, so it's really interesting. I don't know. You. What? I don't know. I hear a ringing in my ears and I'm not quite sure <laughs> what it is. Could be my brain rattling around. But anyway, so I just want to call that out. That was really an interesting uh, story this week. If you want to look it up, it's the Gaudi Ma uh, festival. I promise you some of the, the images are, um, they're described as gruesome. It's kind of tough to look at. So what do they um, do with them after? I'm not quite, I think they get rid of them. The article I mean, I know didn't. they don't eat them. No, they don't eat them. They would rather starve to death than eat the animal. Um, but I think they, but, but if, if, if you think that some of these animals could be your relatives reincarnated and you're killing them, I mean, you don't, they don't kill them to eat them because of that fact. Then why do they take all these animals and sacrifice them? I don't know. That's a great, fantastic question. Maybe we can get somebody on here to answer that. It just seems uh, contradictory. It does. It seems like if you, if you uh, venerate these animals and these things that you think are great, that you would go ahead and I agree that you wouldn't sacrifice them because you're, um, you know, could well, be if your... you're going to, you would at least not let them go to waste. Yeah, that's true. And I think, so, 
I think natural occurrences in life too, people tend to want to look at as um, blessings from things. So yeah, I mean, to some of these people, it's going to seem real because they're going to, uh, they're going to sacrifice an animal and they're going to ask the goddess, uh, I need a new baby. I want to have a new baby. And they're going to go and try and make a baby and they're going to get a baby. And guess what? That's a result to them. That's a result of what they've done. Um, but there's no power in that. There's no actual power in, in the thing that they're serving. And I would, you know, I would challenge anybody to that. I have no, no qualms about that whatsoever. Um, that the God of the Bible, Yahweh himself, is the creator of all things, and he's the most powerful being in existence, in the universe, in time and space, outside of time and space. He is the most powerful thing to ever exist beyond all other gods and beyond all, uh, all other claimed religions and denominations and peoples. Um, he's the creator of all things. And you know, these, these little things, these silly things we do to, uh, try to uh, appease our desires. And this is really the interesting thing, right? So <laughs> this is, this is great. God blesses us. Our God blesses us because he desires to do so. Not because I have to give him something to make him do it. You understand? So this is the interesting thing. You're, these people are coming to their God and they're saying, here's all these animals. Look what we're doing. We're doing such a good job killing. Bless me. And our God says, you know what? You've accepted my son, and because I love him, I love you, and because I love both of you, I'm blessing you because of him. We're blessed because of God's son. We're not blessed because we did anything. Um, and I think that's a, that's a real set-apart thing from us and the rest of the world, is while the world is trying to prove to themselves and others and their gods how good they are and how obedient they can be, our God says, you know, I don't want that. Um, we realize we are the worst of the worst. I think there's a, a podcast, gentleman Todd Friel calls wretched. And that's why he calls it wretched because we are wretched people before God. And once we have this realization of who we really are, then our life is the sacrifice. Lord, I can't do this anymore. I lay everything that I am down at your feet. And then he washes us in his blood and he cleanses us and purifies us. And then he's blessing us and he's, you know, he's setting us apart and he's raising us up so that we can be a little bit different from others. And, um, it's just interesting. Um, I know it's a kind of a gross topic, maybe. I don't know. Animal, animal sacrifice. It's, I mean, the last thing I've seen, in, I think Indiana Jones or something's where I've seen something. I was like, ooh, that's kind of weird. Monkey brains. Um, so, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> thank you. Uh, sometimes it can be. Um, but anyway, so that's this podcast. Don't know what we're going to call it. Haven't got a title for it. Just thought we would talk about this because it was interesting to me. Um, to catch us on uh, Sunday, we'll have a new episode out on Sunday. We'll probably try and get a little more biblical on that. Um, and we'll go back to Acts on Tuesday, Acts chapter five. That's coming up if you haven't heard the uh, series on Acts. Oh, it's a series now. You see what I did there? It's almost like the Sunday service series. That's great. Um, Acts chapter five series of the Bible study that we're doing. Check that out too. Please like, and share this with your friends. Uh, the Lord is doing some amazing things. If you folks who are on the other side of this could see the numbers and could see where people are listening from, it's abs it blows our minds. Um, we wake up one day and there's, um, and I know this to a lot of people, maybe this is not a lot to us. It's huge, but a hundred people have listened to your podcast in a day. And it's just, I don't know, man, that's great because I feel like we're actually, we're getting to stick the word of God into somebody's life for that day. Um, so be encouraged. Um, if you're a brother or sister in Christ, the Lord is coming. He does love you. He will be back as he promised as he would. You will see him first. Uh, if you pass. Or you might see him if he comes back soon. So that's what we're holding out for. Either way, we're going to get to see him. So that's what we're excited for. All right, so we will catch you next time. Have a good weekend or midweek, depending on when you listen to this. <laughs> Bye.